Hi, and welcome to the farm. Today we're talking with Lauren, a beautiful rural mum from out in northwest New South Wales. We discuss moving to the farm for the first time with limited running water, solar power only, and a wood fire source for heat. Lauren learnt to live out there, isolated with her husband, and raising their kids on the land and the improvements and lessons they've learnt along the way. Now let's jump in to today's episode. is a mum of three, a paediatric nurse, and she's there on the farm with her husband raising sheep and cattle. So Lauren, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your family, and how you became to be part of the farm? Yeah, no worries. Um, (laughs) Hi everyone, I'm Lauren. Um, I'm 29 and a registered paediatric nurse, but I'm currently on that leave. bit about my background. I grew up here in the New England um, on a sheep and cattle property um, and did my schooling here and then started nursing at UNE in Armadale. Um, but my passion on the side, my hobby, um, is the red meat industry, in particular beef cattle. And I um, got into, you know, stud stock and that sort of thing in my teen years, um, did a bit of showing, got really involved in um, Hereford's Australia and a few other societies. And yeah, like I said, did uni. And then I don't know, I had a few little life events happen as I was younger and um, deferred uni and decided to go up north um, and work on a cattle station up there for 18 months. Um, And I was like I had decided I was going to stay there. Like I just decided I didn't want to do uni anymore. (laughs) And, um, you know, I loved sort of mastering and working in the yards and all of that up there and loved the life in the north. But um, I came home for Christmas to see my family and that's where I met John. And I told him I didn't want a boyfriend and I was moving back to Kununurra, which is where I was living. Um, But, yeah, I just came home I just I had that sort of choice um after well, sort of getting to uni though two years you can defer for and um it was getting closer and closer and I thought like I've really got to think about this now do I want to just be in stock camp and sort of move around or do I want to finish my degree and and nurse and that sort of thing and um it sort of just fell into place that I decided I'd do my degree and at least I sort of have that as a backup um and when I came home to finish my degree, John and I sort of picked up where we left off. And that's sort of how I, I, I always said to my dad, I wasn't going to marry a sheep and cattle farmer. But <laughs> <laughs> after, after growing up with, with one, but um, no, it was really, it was really lovely because he too, he'd been in the territory for a little while. Um, so we bonded over that and he's from here originally as well. So it sort of all worked out. Um, and then, yeah, then we sort of, we just moved in together and had our three girls and, um, 
yeah, moving out with John was an experience because he was living on his parents' other property. Um, so we had literally like a shed, like a shack, and we had a donkey for a hot water. For those who don't know, it's a 44-gallon drum with a fire underneath it. Um, <laughs> we had like two rooms, which was all of our, you know, kitchen, lounge room and everything combined. But, um, yeah, it was really fun. And, you know, we lived – well, for for where we are, it's isolated. I guess Armidale being our big regional city um, – yeah. We are an hour and a half from Armadale and then 40 minutes from the local town. So for here, it's isolated, not so much for other areas. But, um, yeah, it was. We're sort of just out in the middle of nowhere and we had solar panels for power. And, um, yeah, then we had our three girls, sort of three and four years. And we've recently um, bought a little house in, in town that we sort of move in between just with the kids' daycare and school and things. But, yeah, that's us in a nutshell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a few challenges in the early days. How was it going from, I presume, having, you know, constant hot water to the donkey system? And how did you have to manage that system? Yeah, so at first it was a shock. Like, even with our cooking, we had a gas stove, but we'd do a lot of our cooking in winter on the fire, like on the heater and that sort of thing. So, and even, you know, even to this day, I find myself not turning anything on at night because we had solar panels, even though we're in town a lot at the moment. And I remember we have power, but um, yeah, it was. It was a bit of a challenge. But I think because we just had the one baby and, you know, first parents, you're a little bit, well, we were, we were a little bit, um, I guess, just didn't even know what to expect. We were a little bit too casual probably. So, so we just, um, yeah, we just sort of went along with it. But I think after a while you don't notice it. Like we just, I just got used to having to, you know, turn the fire on of a morning to get hot water and, you know, having to sort of plan when I did the dishes and that sort of thing. So, yeah, we eventually actually put a dishwasher in there. But, um, yeah, at the, at the time I think we just got used to it. But it was a shock, especially if you don't sort of collect wood and you're there at the house without wood for hot water and you've got to ring <laughs> ring your partner and ask him to come and help get some wood. But, yeah, I think we just – and I think as well, luckily for me, I'd lived in stock camp for a little while, so we had donkeys and things there, so I got used to it. But, yeah, with a baby, it was a big shock. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Armadale's also not known for its warm climate. It's it's quite cold and it does get snow and sleet. Yeah. So with your wood heater set up, um, tell us a little bit about that and the adjustment to having that being in the stock camps again would have been a lot of help. Yeah, yeah. So we actually bought this like ten dollar heater at a clearing sale. Uh-huh. <laughs> we always planned to actually put it in the shed, like the shearing shed, and we thought, oh, let's just stick it in the little shed house and see how we go, um, because we weren't actually planning to live out there, but um, it just sort of worked with you know with farm work as it does. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the heater was this little dingy $10 wood heater and we didn't know what it was going to do but it was actually um, it warmed the whole house and you know I think one sort of another advantage of growing up in the New England I was used to you know come Easter time or even summer we start collecting wood for the 
for the fire. So, yeah, so I think I'm terrible at, like, starting them, though, because my dad always did that. So that's something that I had to learn to do. Um, but I would avoid it at all costs if I could. But, no, I got there <laughs> in the end. It was either you light the fire or you freeze. So, yeah. Yeah. Lauren, was there other tips, tricks and hacks that you learnt when you first moved to the, the farm shed and stayed there that you think would be handy for those either moving into a similar situation or onto the farm for the first time? Yeah, definitely. So I think the biggest barrier I found, so obviously if you haven't experienced that sort of more camping living, it is all, you know, it is a lot of just you just have to get in and, and do it. But I think the biggest thing for me was probably being out there with the neighbours being, you know, like a fair way away. I didn't have a lot of support when I was at home. Like when it was just John and I, we I'd go out with him if I wasn't studying or working. But when the baby came along, you know, you're at home and you can't really call out and be like, oh, can you just, you know, light the fire or can you, yeah, get the solar panels going? Like we need power, that sort of thing. So um, I think just um, trying to have a few, you know, sort of prepare. Like I, I got really good at preparing things, um, making sure everything was stocked up um, and also just support, like just making sure you have someone you can call or, um, you know, even a little little things like I bought a TV and I went and got internet that runs off like the 4G network but I was able to watch Netflix just little things like that um yeah just really helped just having those little comforts I guess like that's something that you know you feel slightly less um yeah out of it out in the middle of nowhere (laughs) yeah did you organise little trips to town or anyone out to, uh, come out to come out to you as well? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I – and it's funny to even think now um, that, you know, we sort of drive half an hour to Armadale now, but from there it was an hour and a half and I would do the hour and a half to Armadale and back um, once or twice a week and, you know, I'd take my baby to like a play group or like a little music group or um, something like that and – I ha- I'm so lucky, though, that I do have a lot of neighbours who have older children, so I could just go there if I wanted to or they'd pop over, so that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just I think trying to – I was lucky that um, they all sort of knew what I was going through, so they would just yeah. come over. Yeah. Which was That's great. really nice. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. <laughs> So, Lauren, going to town once or twice a week means that you probably weren't doing, you know, your grocery shopping every couple of days. So tell me the types of things that you needed to prepare and plan in regards to, you know, feeding yourselves and child supplies. Yeah, definitely. So so I'd always do, um, in the beginning, I was going in and shopping and I realised this is not going to work with a new baby. So we started doing the click and collect, which was lovely. Um, But it's just the big things, you know, invest. I cannot stress enough, invest in a chest freezer or like a big deep freezer. Um, I would, you know, I didn't even realise this. Someone actually asked me, um, you know, oh, can you freeze fresh milk? And I said, yeah, I've been doing it for years. Like, you can definitely freeze fresh milk. Um, So, yeah, I just do a big bulk buy of, um, you know, of milk and butter and flour and that sort of thing. Um, 
I'm very lucky that John and I both are able to cut up the meat so we and we have a cool room like a meat room so we would often do that ourselves um and yeah with veggies uh that was the hard thing because they don't you know they don't last that long but we do have a veggie garden um that does quite well so a lot of our veggies we grew otherwise I'd just buy the odd one that was out of season if I really felt like a broccoli or something we'd just get that um but yeah a big a big stock up basically we do like either a fortnightly or a monthly shop um and then big boxes of nappies or I actually eventually went to just all cloth nappies I found that a lot easier with um especially because we don't have like rubbish removal so I found nappies a lot easier um yeah and the baby stuff the wipes I got caught out a few times with wipes but um you get creative I cut up a few old sheets and um turn them into little cloth wipes and that sort of thing yeah yeah so without having waste removal, how does the farm operate in able to take that away? Does it have an on-farm tip? Do you compost? Yeah, so we do a lot of composting with our paper um, and that sort of thing, like cardboard. Yeah. Um, we have a worm farm for our scraps. My chickens decided that they were too precious to eat scraps. So, <laughs> yeah, so we started a worm farm. They would not touch the scraps. Um and as far as all our other rubbish, we have a big, like just a big sort of pit that we will burn off in the wet. When it gets wet, we'll just sort of slow burn it for a few days. Yeah. Um, and then um, I'm sure every farmer is the same, but my partner loves to keep every little bit of scrap metal and yeah. white. So he has a little pile away from the house because I got sick of looking at it. <laughs> he keeps all that somewhere. I occasionally see it if I'm in the paddock but yeah <laughs> yeah no you definitely never know when um they will want to use something like yeah. that <laughs> so it sounds like moving to the block was um a nice easy way of setting up your community because it you've mentioned that you know they really knew what you were going through so how did you reach out to to meet people in the area as well as establish those those friendships with them. Yeah, so I was very fortunate that John had been at the farm for about a year before me um, and I'm fortunate as well that his um, mother's, his mum is from the area. Yeah. Um, so he sort of already knew a few people around the area um, and he'd already been there for about a year and he's quite a friendly sort of so he sort of knew all the neighbours already so whenever we'd um he'd say to me you know let's go over and see such and such they're shearing this week let's go and have a look at their wool or um yeah which was really lovely and he'd you know say oh I'm gonna go over to you know this person's place um do you did you want to come and we'll stay for dinner and that sort of thing so it was it's really nice that way that you know, he and John, uh, my partner, he's also a diesel mechanic by trade. So he'd quite often go to neighbouring properties and do a bit of work on their machinery. And so I'd sort of head over there with him and meet the um, the wife or the, you know, mother or whoever was over there. And yeah. it was it's really, yeah, I found them all really welcoming. So that was really nice. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really beautiful. So, Lauren, if you had a friend um, or you knew of someone who was moving to the farm for the first time, what would be the top things you would tell them or advise them on to get set up before they move to the farm? Yeah, definitely. So um, I think 
yeah, just sort of knowing, um, you know, just about, well, one for one, the groceries. The Yeah, yeah definitely, because I was caught out when we first moved to that farm. We actually had a car fridge. That was our fridge. So we, we did buy a bigger fridge event, like, like soon after but yeah at the time that's what we had um so yeah a big deep freezer the groceries the rubbish um and just I think the I think if you're not used to the isolation it can be very daunting I know I've got a lot of friends who have children in the city who will you know pop over to their mums for breakfast and that sort of thing where you know my mum is about an hour and a half away or two hours away um, so we don't see them as much. And I think, yeah, just trying to set up those support networks. Um, and I think having a chat, like you and your partner, you know, you're sort of the engine of that business and um, you need to have each other's backs because it is a big, you know, I at the start I would sometimes get a bit frustrated with John, you know, going in the dark and coming home in the dark. But um, we just, yeah, had to sort of, work it out and have a chat about how it was going to work, especially when the kids came along. Um, I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing, and I think another thing with farm um, farm life is particularly if, you know, you're moving onto a property and you have children or you're planning children, definitely um, something that I didn't think about until kids was safety. So, like, even just, you know, water buckets and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and just making sure you've got a few hobbies. Like I love horse riding and gardening, so I really sort of took that into – like I did that a lot. I rode my horses and did the gardens and things when John was out if I wasn't working with him or my baby was asleep. Just, yeah, just keeping busy. And um, and I think, you know, if you do immerse yourself, if you want to go out and work with your partner, you come to love it. I don't know, I did. But, um, yeah, you know, just getting involved and – yeah, I think that's yeah. the biggest thing. <laughs> Lauren, tell me more about going down the paddock with your husband, um, both when it was just the two of you and then also now that you've got the three beautiful girls with you there on the farm. Yeah, definitely. So when it was John and I, I'm very lucky actually. We work in the yards quite well together. There's not many arguments. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was very lucky there. But, you know, I would go with him. We'd do fencing. We would, like, I've got some young horses that are probably like Brumbies now. But at the time we were, <laughs> they haven't been ridden for a while. But, you know, we'd work them together. I'm very lucky that he can chew and, you know, do all their feet and everything. So we'd sort of just work alongside each other. Um, and I would help him out. I'm terrible. I don't like spraying. So <laughs> I'd go and do something else. That's the only job I won't go and help him with. Um, but yeah, it was really fun and I really love being outside. I think it's just a little bit of a break, um, from, you know, I do a lot of, um, well, my job now is a lot different, but at the time I was doing a lot of uni and study and, you know, working in the public health. So being outside with John was great. Um, and I think when I had the kids, that was the biggest thing for me was having to step back from that. Um, the kids now, like the two others of four and 20 months, so they love going out in the paddock with dad and, and me. But um, when Anna, our first, came along, I, you know, especially with, brief, you know, you breastfeed and that sort of thing, I was at home a lot and that really, I didn't like that part of it. Yeah. Um, 
I, yeah, it was really, and you know, if I said to John, I'd, I'll come with you, you know, I'll come down the paddock and we'll come feeding because Anna was born in that awful 2019 drought. Um, yeah, it was, you know, oh, I've actually got to pack a nappy. I've actually got to pack this. I've got to pack this. So it was a huge eye-opener. Um, I'm finally, you know, okay with it. Um, but at the time I felt, yeah, a bit frustrated, not at the baby or anything, just I was just frustrated at myself, I guess, not being able to be so hands-on. Um, yeah. But, yeah, going down the paddock, it, it got easier. Like, you know, when they're toddlers and they start walking, you just throw them in the car with you and you yeah. head down the paddock. But yeah, it was that big shift of having someone else there that's, yeah, you've got to look out for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, did you take the the car down the paddock? Did you pop them in the stroller or were you a baby wearer? Yeah, I did a bit of everything actually. Um, I remember one year, oh, not one year, sorry, one month, um, John was away um, working. He just went and did a bit of work on other properties as well, um, particularly in the drought when we were sort of destocking a lot. Um, and we had a lot of our cows calving. I think it was about this time actually. Um, and I had to go and check them because he wasn't going to be home till late. So I popped my little two month old in the car, the baby carrier on the front and hopped on the quad bike and just sort of idled down to these cattle they were only a few paddocks away um but as she got a bit bigger I I guess it's all these little things that you don't think about but I eventually worked out oh yeah I could actually buy a second car seat and pop this in the the farm car and um yeah so we started doing things like that and I would often walk my dog I've got a little um just a little house like a cattle dog that lives at the house and I'd walk her down the mailbox and pop the baby in the pram so a bit of everything that yeah, just to get out in the fresh air. <laughs> nice combination that works for every occasion. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Lauren, that probably comes to the end of my official questions for our chat today. Did you have any other tips, tricks, hacks or stories that you wanted to share with the rural mum community? Yeah, um, I think another thing, sorry, this is probably going a little bit into a more of a, I'm not trying to scare anyone, just something that I found really, um, really, like I didn't even think about it. I don't even think I thought about it until I became a nurse, but um, probably just knowing about your um, sort of your health, like your your safety in the area as well. I remember having to ring an ambulance for John once and because of where we are, we're not overly isolated, but we're isolated for this area, like I was saying before. Um, and yeah, I, I rang the I rang triple zero, and the poor person, the operator on the other end, had no idea where we were, and couldn't yeah. us. And luckily, I was able to get John in the car and take him in, and he was okay. But um, when we got there, the locals, the local ambulance, like the local paramedics, they knew where we were, but because the operator wasn't aware um they couldn't come out to us so we yeah. had to put a few things in place like buying those little council um signs and a few other things on our phone like the gps apps and that sort of thing i think that was a big thing for me just with john working on his own do you use um, emergency plus or a different app yeah, no the emergency plus that was great i didn't even know it was a thing so yeah that was really good um and i know anna had a little scare she was in the garden and I have these big lavender plants and they'd gone a bit crazy and there was a brown snake in there and she was only two um, and I didn't know if she'd been bitten or not. Yeah. So that was 
because you know what two-year-olds are like they tell you stories so um, yeah so that was a really big eye-opener just because I didn't know yeah I didn't know who to call or what to do because when I lived um, on the cattle station we had choppers and radios so not having phone service an hour from Armadale was a bit yeah full on but it was all good we used the app and um, and she was fine so yeah Yeah. just little things like that that yeah yeah. So Lauren, tell us a little bit more about the app for if anyone hasn't heard of it or hasn't used it before. Tell me a little bit how it works. Yeah, no worries. So I'm sorry, I'm not very good at technology. So I think <laughs> I can explain it, but it's an app on the on our phone um, and it will just pick up your GPS coordinates. And if you click onto it, I think what, from my understanding, it will go through to the operators at triple zero, but it's more your GPS um, location so you don't actually need to have service. Fantastic. So, yeah, if you don't have service, it can just sort of track where you are rather than, um, yeah, trying to get on, staying on the phone for like 20 minutes like I did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And it's you can pay, I think there's some in-app purchases, but you can also download it free. So it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. I remember one of the times that I had to call Triple Zero to the farm and I have been out here almost 10 years and when they asked me to spell the road name, I was like, I don't know. Oh, yes, I know. You get so used to going down the road. Yeah, it was just like the spelling of the name was not at the forefront of my mind because it wasn't important at the time. (laughs) No, so having the app with the coordinates that you can then tell the phone operator so you can move on from where you are to the situation at hand is definitely helpful. Yes. And um, so being, um, you know, a registered nurse, tell me about the first aid and safety supplies that you have on farm. Yeah, no worries. So John and Aunt, mine is actually a little bit dismal, but um, the kids, <laughs> we've got basic Panadol and that sort of thing. But the kids, um, I have Panadol, Nurofen, I've got a thermometer. The underarm thermometers are the best, um, if anyone's yeah needing to put something together. Um, we have, what else? I'm just trying to think now. I've got all the um, basic sort of things, you know, I've got compression bandages and that sort of thing for snake bites. Um, what else do we have? We've got ice packs, heat packs, um, and as far as even just sickness with kids, like saline drops and little nasal aspirators and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah for John and I, we've got Panadol, Nurofen, um, yeah, compression bandages again, Um just a few other bits and bobs I guess that I, I think about it now and I'm like I don't know why I've got that but um <laughs> yeah just like saline and I guess things just for cleaning as well so yeah like saline and iodine and um bandages I forgot about bandages like wound care like just you know if you need to someone gets caught on a barbed wire fence or something and yeah. it needs to clean um yeah just things like that I think I've got pretty basic first aid kit at the moment that needs updating, but yeah, I bring stuff home from work sometimes that's sort of in excess and I forget what's in there. (laughs) That's really good, Lauren. Um, Anything else that you'd like to share with those moving to the farm for the first time? Yeah, um, I think something else that I didn't really hint on that I probably should um, is weather. So Yeah. yeah, the weather is so 
daunting. I know that everyone's probably feeling the same way at the moment. We go from dry to sopping wet at the minute um, and it can be really disheartening and I know that John and I, in those times at the start, we, and especially I guess because we became first-time parents in the drought, the first big drought, but um, we really sort of disconnected and it was a really awful time for everyone just with the dry and I think if you don't already know, like I'm sort of fortunate that I, you know, grew up on a farm and that sort of thing. So I was sort of new about drought and when it got too wet, but that can be a really isolating time as well because, you know, sometimes that's all the partner can think about or your husband will think about is, you know, feeding or what's the weather doing? Do we have to sell? Can we actually restock and that sort of thing? Um, It's huge and I think if you don't have that prior knowledge, it can be, yeah, it can be really isolating for you, but also for them. So I think just, um, you know, always just keep talking to your partner because farmers tend to just keep it to themselves. And I know that that's the cliche, but it's so true. I know sort of now when John is um, stewing on something and I just say, you just have to tell me what do you, what's wrong, tell me about it. So then we can have a chat about what he's thinking about and usually it is something like feeding my favorite saying is um a problem shared is a problem halved <laughs> yes definitely totally agree yeah and also try and get away if you can do a little holiday or something at least once or twice a year I think it does everyone a world of good because I don't know about um I'm sure all the farmers are the same but if even if you say to them let's have a break this weekend or this week they'll still want to go outside and work So actually removing them from the farm is the best idea. (laughs) (laughs) What are your uh, best tips for actually getting John off the farm? Yeah, so that is a hard one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He loves working. um, But I think the biggest thing, again, I just talked to him. So I know with this bub coming along, um, I struggled to breastfeed the other two. So I said to him, look, I really want to feed this baby. You're going to have to sort of be at home a bit more and help out. And he was really good. He's been quite supportive with that. Um, But also I said to him, you know, it's really good for us and the kids to all have a break. Like we need to go to the beach and or, you know, somewhere and just have a break. And fortunately, he does love the water. So he does agree to the odd holiday here and there. We're well overdue at the moment, but that's all right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think another thing, yeah, just chatting and just telling him we all need a break and, you know, the kids need a break too. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lauren, thank you very much for coming on this episode of So You've Married a Farmer, Now What? and sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. I know that this will help so many people moving to the farm for the first time. If you've been listening along or watching us on YouTube, then thank you very much for joining us. Please like, subscribe and add your comments in the section below about what you've loved about today's interview. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been lovely to talk to you. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you very much. No worries. (laughs)